Good afternoon, patriots. You are tuned into Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Today we'll talk strategy on how to rebuild our government. Next, on Living with Liberty. Though it may not seem like it currently, the opportunity to take back our country and restore it to prominence is there. I'm optimistic in that. I see it every day. I see patriots standing up every day to the tyranny and attempted oppression of us through the stupid mandates and and the constant propaganda. People aren't buying it. They're standing up. It gives me hope that we can once again restore our country to the great nation it is. We have to have the right approach in doing it, though. We need to have a strategy, and we need to execute that strategy. We need to build it back from the bottom up in terms of government. The elected class has put so much stock in the importance of Washington bureaucrats and politicians, and that has been by design. The reason why the focus has been put on Washington politics, I think, has been laid out for all to see in how the Democrats uh, have attempted repeated power grabs. They're attempting to subjugate the American people. Their constant attempts now at federalizing uh, elections and the attempts in taking away the state's rights a lot of that done through the constant carrot dangling of federal money. Further adding to this is the erosion of any actual education in how our system of government is actually supposed to function and work. Add all this up and you have a recipe for a lot of people ignoring the local, uh, the local elections and government and just solely seeming to be focused on the national happenings and what's going on in Washington. The thing is, though, this is really just an an illusion. As much as the federal government propagandizes that it has control over the local governments, as much as they bluster and threaten to investigate local matters, the feds still don't have much influence in the local affairs. They still get rebuffed by the honest judges out there when when, when they try and, and pull this uh, you know, we're the federal government, we're coming in to meddle in your local affairs because we don't like how you're uh, governing the people. And because of this, because there's still the local influence there, you and I still have sway over what happens. We still hold influence over our local government. We still have influence in how we control things locally. We still have the opportunity to take back local control, and we can use that as a foundation to build back through the governmental ranks, if you will. Now, there's got to be a foundation on which this is all built upon, and that foundational piece, that slab that we need to start building our new house on, is the educational system. Now, I've heard locally here and in you know some of the things I'm doing here in some of the surrounding towns that you know, I've heard arguments over well we got to take on the town board or the county board or the city council 
And they do this because they think that will bring about a quick change. They think that is the path to change. No, could it do that? Is it a path to change? Could it be a quick path to change? Yeah, it could. Don't get me wrong on that. It, it absolutely could, and we should do that. We should attempt to continue to run good candidates for town boards, county boards, city councils, etc. But we have to think about how these uh, other governmental bodies are going to be fed. Will there be other viable candidates with the same mindset and values available to cycle onto these city councils and town boards once the current members either step down, move on to a higher office, or even just retire? Now, there may be a quick shot in the arm by attacking those boards and putting all of your effort behind that with a good conservative candidate. But if we ignore the school system, if we solely focus on on those what I'll call upstream boards, all it will be is a quick shot in the arm. We won't have anybody in the wings waiting to move into those offices once uh, those current office holders move on with life. We need to be looking at government like we look at our businesses as corporations look at their businesses in terms of succession planning. We need to build a base of talent that is able to step up when current office holders move on. We need to build a base of talent that recognizes that America is a great place, that it is exceptional, and a base of talent that has love of country. That is why we must start with the school boards. Taking back control of the school boards is paramount to taking back and restoring our government and our country. We must put aside our desire for the quick fix and learn to play the long game. Certainly when you're talking about uh, school and taking over uh, school boards and implementing policies, it's not a short, uh, there's no quick fix there. It's a really long time before you start to see the fruits of those policies and changes you put in place. Now, don't forget, the left has been doing this for decades. They've infiltrated every institution we have. We didn't just get to where we are at today overnight. It's been going on for decades. They started with the schools. School boards are the oversight to everything that goes on within your local school system or at least they should be if they are actually doing their job. The boards are what keep school administrators in check, or at least that's what their main function should be. We know as we've seen things go along, that's not only the case. School boards, we've seen all seen the videos. These school boards are filled with uh, just as many ideologues as there are roaming around the swamps of our government right now. We need to change that. And if we're going to change the swamps in uh, D.C. and your, slate, uh, your state capitals or even your, your city halls, we have to start with the schools. I always think of things like this in terms of how a corporation functions. And if you think about it, school districts are basically multi-million dollar corporations. Now, in a corporation, you have the CEO who is hired by a board of directors. And in the case of public corporations, that board of directors is sometimes voted on and elected to their position by the shareholders of that company. 
The CEO is accountable to the board of directors and the shareholders. His job is to make sure the shareholders are getting their uh, return on their investment in that company. And his job is overseen by the board of directors. So he's accountable to both of those uh, parties there. The board is accountable to the shareholders. The CEO and board are both in place to ensure the shareholders are getting a return on their investment and getting the best return on their investment they can possibly have. If the CEO isn't guiding the company in a way that shareholders are getting their returns on investment, the board replaces them. The shareholders in many cases can petition the board to replace the CEO. You have uh, things like activist shareholders that will uh, that hold a, a lot of the the um, shares of that company that have some sway over that thing. And if they get going, they draw other people to their cause. And you, you really can have a, from a, a corporate standpoint, you really have a mess on your hands at that point. Now, in many instances where the shareholders can vote on board members, they uh, may even hold the board of directors accountable for a failure in garnering a return on investment for their the, the shareholders' money. Remember, in a public company, the shareholders are the actual owners of the company, not the CEO and not the board of directors. And like I said before, there are plenty of stories out there of activist investors banding together to turn over company boards and the CEOs. Now, what did all that have to do with school systems and taking back our school systems? Well, I want to translate what I just uh, went through here in terms of the corporate world into the school system and illustrate our role and power in the process and how we should be looking at our school systems. Now, the superintendent in this instance, if we were doing a, a uh, comparison, the superintendent is the CEO. He is kind of the CEO of, of School District, Inc. Your school board is the board of directors of School District, Inc. And we, the people, are the shareholders. Now, in many cases, the superintendents and the school boards have been derelict in their duty, and quite honestly, so have we, the people, in terms of keeping track of what our uh, school administrators and school boards have doing. And we've been ignoring and accepting the fact that school districts have been giving us a negative return on our investment for a long, long time now. Our students continue to slide further and further behind the rest of the world in things like reading and math and, and science, things that this world is, is moving towards, those STEM-type uh, careers. And even though our students continue to slide further and further behind the rest of the world, our school districts continue to ask for more and more money every year. They think, you know, the, that more money is going to turn this around. It, it's not. I, I dare anybody to go to a corporate board. I, I've been in on these and just go and ask for more money without justification. You will get told no 10 out of 10 times guaranteed. But that's what our school districts do to us. They come to us and ask for more and more money every year without justification, without showing any improvement. Now, I do think this is changing, and we need it to continue to change 
as the schools and school boards need to be the rock on which we rebuild our government back up to one that is by the people for the people. We need to hold these education boards and school administrators to account for their lack of return on investment they are giving us in terms of the tax dollars we pour into these school systems. We the people are the shareholders in School District Inc. We fund it, we own it. So we should be keenly aware of and concerned about how our tax dollars are spent and what kind of citizens the schools are turning out. What kind of education are the school systems giving our kids so they can compete on the world stage? We, sh we should be keenly aware and concerned about that, all of us. We, shareholders of School District Inc., hold the power to hire and fire the board of directors. And truthfully, we hold the influence over hiring and firing the superintendent. As our role as shareholders, we have the ability to influence what happens to the CEO of School District Inc. But we have to get out and do the work. We have to be active. Parents with kids in the school district, in School District Inc., are obviously the front line of the shareholders. They need to be active. They need to voice their opinions. They need to make known what they expect out of School District Inc. for their kids. But it is also up to the entire community to be involved because what goes on in the schools will affect the community some way, shape, or form in the future. It always does. We need to have this mindset that just because our kids graduated or we don't have kids in the school district, it doesn't affect us. It affects us every day. Just look at our government now. We ignored it and we've got total buffoons at every level of government. That's what happens when you turn a blind eye and say, this doesn't affect me. You end up with the disaster we have at all levels of government today. If the school board isn't holding the district, uh, the district administration to account, work to find new candidates who will and replace the board. Use a recall if you have to. A local district here just successfully gathered enough signatures to recall four of their board members because they failed to address the smut that was in their school libraries. The board said they weren't going to do it, so this group of parents went out, got enough signatures to recall four of the clowns on the board. Once you have the board secure, then it is time to go about reshaping school administration. Remember how this works. The school board oversees the administration. The board hires and fires the CEO. The board hires and fires superintendents. So you have to have the board first before you go after the school administration. So once you have the board secure, then you can turn your attention to the school administration. If need be, pressure the board to fire the CEO of School District Inc. and replace them with someone who values the American way of life, who values liberty and freedom, who values American exceptionalism, who 
is actually going to do things that are going to put our kids ahead and on a path to being able to compete and win in the global environment. So many uh, school superintendents today, the one included, I, I always said, uh, uh, the, the one in, in my hometown, the first line of, of his resume says he's a social justice advocate. What about actually teaching the kids something so they can compete with the likes of China and Russia and every other country that's passing us in terms of how our kids are educated? I, that's where the focus needs to be, not on social justice. But you have school administrators who are ideologues. That's their focus. It's not on educating. It's on indoctrinating. So you get the board. You then... Uh, work with the board or even pressure the board if you have to at that point to go after the CEO of School District Inc. and get someone in there who will educate, who's focused on educating the kids. Once you have the board and administration set, then you can really go about remaking the schools in an image of American values. There is nothing wrong with American-centric curriculum. We need to get that out of our heads now. I know many of my listeners that's not even a thought, but we have to push that out. We have to, to, to show the community because there's still going to be a lot of indifference out there that American-centric curriculum is what we need. We need to install, instill the values of our country. There's nothing wrong with doing that. None, absolutely none. That is what we should be taught. That is the lens through which we should be teaching our kids. We should be teaching them through the lens of American exceptionalism. If you went to Japan, you wouldn't get Chinese-centric teaching. You would be getting Japanese-centric teaching. If you went to uh, the UK, you wouldn't be getting French-centric teaching. You would be getting UK-centric teaching. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with teaching your kids within your culture through the lens of your nationality. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's to be expected. And that same thing should go here. Our students should be getting American-centric teaching. And you know what? That does include the good, bad, and ugly of the American experience, as it should include the good, bad, and ugly of the Japanese experience or the Chinese experience or whatever other nationality out there is. We should be teaching them about those experiences, and we should be teaching them also about the other cultures out there so they understand how people differ from, that differ uh, from an American thinks. We should be teaching them about the differences we have as Americans. I don't disagree with that at all. I think we should. Diversity is an important part of life here in America. It's what's made this country great. And the, the, the teaching uh, in an American-centric way, the good, the bad, and ugly of it certainly includes that we are an exceptional country, that we're filled with exceptional people, that we're a country that is generous, we're a country that has accomplished its rise to the top while being the most diverse country on the planet, while doing things that no other countries do in terms of ensuring that Things like systemic racism and discrimination based on gender or nationality or insert whatever 
flavor of the day way the politicians are trying to split us up today. We've done everything we can put so many laws on the book, constitutional amendments to ensure everybody in this country has a free and fair and equal shot at the opportunity it provides. We've also accomplished this while welcoming in many who have chosen to leave their home countries and come to America to start a new and hopefully better life. We freely welcome those that come here legally and celebrate them as they, if they choose to go through and become a citizen, we celebrate that. I always like seeing those ceremonies where they, the, uh, those that have chosen to go through the process of uh, naturalization, they've made it to the, the end of that long road. And there's a ceremony honoring that because it is a great accomplishment and should be celebrated. And I love seeing that it makes our country better. That's what we need to get back to. That's what we need to have an understanding of. And that's the understanding we need to be driving within our school systems. Now, once you have the schools, once the thoughts and ideologies start moving back to American exceptionalism and American centrism, you start to build that pipeline of future elected officials and honestly, future uh, CEOs of companies that many have seemingly gone woke now. You start to rebuild that pipeline of those who believe in the promise that America holds for all, that it is exceptional, that it is a worthy country, that it is the leader in the free world, a leader of the free world and the top dog in the world. You will get a pipeline of future elective officials and I'll throw in CEOs who value freedom and liberty, who value the choices we have here in America and who will uphold the constitution. Once you solidify that foundation, once you start at the bottom, you start turning the school systems over. You start turning out uh, students who love America. You can now start building that through the other areas of government and the various bureaucracies. You start rolling the American centrism through the other areas of government with these American patriots, both in the elected and appointed positions. You start having a government, again, that understands and values freedom and liberty and understands that it is a government by the people and that we consent to be governed, not the other way around. If we set the school system as the foundation, we teach truth, teach American-centric curriculum, instill pride in being American, then that will carry through. We don't have confused kids coming through school. We don't have kids that are falling behind the world because we are teaching them that we are exceptional. We are teaching them, we are focused on teaching them what it takes to make it in the world, in a global economy. We give them the tools to succeed. We will have elected officials who love this country and everything it stands for once we take back our schools. We will have unelected bureaucrats who have that same love of country and won't be on TV diddle-dawdling on whether we should wear masks or not or whether 
uh, we should have lockdowns or not. We, we won't have that. We will have bureaucrats who understand that there's freedom of liber- freedom and liberty and everybody has a choice and they will make the choice that is right for themselves. We don't need government to choose for us. Government doesn't run our lives. We do. We have to be real with ourselves, however, and know that this isn't a quick fix. It's going to take a few cycles to turn over those school boards. It's going to take years to get those students into positions where they are running for office. Obviously, not all of them will be interested in that sort of thing, but at any rate, it takes, it'll take years to get them into positions where they are ready to do so, those that have that interest. We have to know that we conservatives are going to have to fight for more than two minutes to make it happen. It doesn't, add, it, it does, it doesn't end once we turn over a school board or a city council or anything like that. It doesn't end there, and that's where we fail. We fight up until we get the win, and then we go and back to our ways of complacency, and then we wonder how the hell did we get back here? We thought we fixed this. The fight has to go on for more than the two minutes that makes these things happen, turning over boards and councils and such. We have to realize that we are no longer being left alone to live our best lives. We have to realize that we will no longer, once we regain uh, you know, the power to make these decisions, we, we have to realize that we will not be left alone. We have to continue to fight against that. We have to continue to ensure that America will stand as that beacon of hope. We have to conserve the principles that this country was founded on. And we have to know, we have to realize, we have to be ready for a continued fight to make it happen. We can no longer ignore things once we get our way. The left never does. They keep fighting. They they have all three branches of government. Have they stopped fighting? Have they stopped trying to uh, uh, press their... Uh, totalitarian agenda? No, they've doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on it. The propaganda has been turned up to 50 and they keep every day hounding us that we, we must do this, we must do that, you must listen to us, big text canceling. They don't give up even when they're in control. We can't either. Even after we turn the tide, we will have to keep fighting. We will have to keep our attention on things like the school boards, the school administration, the city boards, the county boards, uh, state government. We have to keep letting these elected officials hear from us, and we have to keep fighting back against anybody that wants to threaten freedom and liberty. We will have to keep ensuring that our school boards and administrations are giving us an acceptable return on our investment of tax dollars. We are going to have to keep showing up to those town board and city council meetings and those school board meetings to hold those elected officials accountable to do the job we put them there to do. We need to hold a long-term view on how we rebuild our governmental structure. It starts at the bottom. It's going to be a long time and a long road ahead, and we have to realize that, be okay with it, have that strategy, and execute it. We have to have a targeted approach in doing this. We have to set the strategy and then execute that strategy. It has to be targeted. And we have to have an understanding of how these things build on one another. We can't all of a sudden go off in a direction because we see our town board uh, going off the rails. If we're focused on school board, 
we have to do that first. We can fight that other fight. Um, and we have to be good at fighting the multiple fronts and we have to fight that fight, but we have to understand how things build upon each other and where the priorities have to be sometimes. We need to ensure that schools and school boards are the first priority on the honey-do list of fixing governmental entities. Once we have our pipeline of future leaders secure, we can then go about working level by level of government to return America to prominence on the world stage. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find links to my past shows, my original articles, as well as other resources to help arm you with knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. While on my store, or on my website, shop my store, Living with Liberty Outfitters. Don't forget that in support of the fallen Marines in Afghanistan, those 13 brave men and women, all proceeds from merchandise sales at Living with Liberty Outfitters will go to benefit the A Soldier's Child Foundation, and that'll go from now until September 30th. Lastly, I'd be so grateful if you shared, subscribed, and left a positive review of the show, should your listening platform allow for uh, reviews. Subscribing helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family, as well as on your social media accounts. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. Follow me on Parlor and Gab. My handle on both is at livingwithliberty. You can also go to the contact page of my website and email me or follow the links there to my social media pages. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.